This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, checking in, uh, waving first of all to our producer, Dan Ellison, a big shout out to Dan, and uh, oh, here we it's, go. A, it's the first shout out like that I've given. So, Favelle <laughs> is here, yes, Charlie. Yes, yes, and I that hear means it. every time, every when you call, mm. and the numbers I'll give you in just a flash here, mm. let us know if you are a first time caller, and this is what's going to happen. It's like Clarence, you know, uh, in uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. An angel has landed. Well, you are our angel. So when you want to get on the uh, line here and talk to Charlie, because that's really what the show is all about. That's correct. Uh, <clears throat> 416-360-0740. That's the Toronto area number, right? And then anywhere else in the province, my friends, absolutely free. one 740 740 And the mantra is call early. Call often. One question per call. There we are. How well, to do? Well done. Why, oh, thank you. You are just I was fishing for raring that. to go. <laughs> you Oof, bet I am. That Frank, man. Okay, a couple of things. Yes. Right off the top, I have some homework from last week. That's right. Which I'm going to get to in one second, but I'll just start with a couple of announcements. Okay. All right, number one, plan to attend Toronto Botanical Gardens Travel Night on Thursday, February the 7th. It's the next best thing to a trip to the tropics. Mm-hmm. Enjoy a TBG lecture, travel fair, and more. The fun starts at 5.30. Join renowned garden writer, master gardener, and tour leader Lorraine Flanagan for the Globe Trotting Gardener, a fun-filled look at some of the world's best garden travel destinations. No passport required. Location is the Floral Hall, of course, at Toronto Botanical Gardens, Leslie and Lawrence. Uh, The lecture starts at 7.30 p.m. Seating starts at 6.30. Of course, TBG members are free. Adult admission is $25, students a mere 15 Now, you can join the TBG for less than $25, I think. So, you know what? Become a member and join, you know, attend these lectures for free. Number two, remember last week I told you about the Lake Simcoe South Master Gardeners and their technical update, which is happening on mm-hmm. February the 9th in Aurora at the Trinity Anglican Church, 79 Victoria Street. The title is Plant, Eat, Grow, and it's all about vegetables. It's a learning event. It's open to the public. It's $45 for the whole day, including lunch. The speakers include Marjorie Mason, Stephen Biggs, and Damien Adjodha. So to register, you can call Cindy at 905-201-6356 or email LSS for Lake Simcoe South Master Gardeners. So one big long word, LSSMasterGardeners at gmail.com. Now, do I have uh, do I have time to do my homework? You do. All right, good. Last week, two callers, I left them hanging, and I hope they're listening now. And they're not going to call in ten minutes and say, "Did you ever answer my question?" <laughs> <laughs> so I hope I hope they're tuned right in. Erica had called from Virgil. 
And her question was uh, all about winter sowing. She had heard or read an article in a magazine all about growing seeds in containers over the winter. And she does live in an apartment on a balcony, Mm -hmm. but has access to a community garden and thought, what a great idea. I can start my seeds early and be ready to Mm -hmm. go in the spring. Well, actually, Erica, you're absolutely right. The woman who wrote the article, Trudy Davidoff, that was exactly what happened to her. She had more seeds than she had space to start them all right. indoors. Mm-hmm. So she kind of went, thought, well, maybe I'll just start them outdoors. Now, it turns out this is a, there's long historical precedence for doing this. Um, it's a very old technique. It is used worldwide. And absolutely, yes, it can be done. Uh, now, the best source of information is Trudy's website, wintersown.org. So winter. S-O-W-N, all one word, dot org. You'll learn from her experience as well as her advice. You, she'll tell you which seeds are hardy because, of course, you wouldn't put tropical seeds outdoors over the mm-hmm. winter. The seeds would die. So she's got all kinds of good information on flowers that work well, vegetables that work well. Uh, she makes all kinds of suggestions about containers and the importance of drainage holes, little tiny vents in the top that get bigger as the spring comes on because it gets kind of warm inside these containers the depth of soil, potting soil required, and the importance of labeling your container. So great idea. Definitely, Erica, I would follow up. Okay, can I hold uh, the uh, homework lesson, uh, the next one you have? You weren't even listening. I was. Were you taking I, notes? I was, no, I was looking no, at the... No, you weren't. <laughs> I was looking at our monitor here. Yes. And I note that uh, there, there's, there's a caller from Lafroy, and I do believe that's in the States, uh, Jerry by name. Mm. And I think, I'm going to verify this, that uh, Jerry is a first-time caller. So we're going to take a little <laughs> break here and then get back to Jerry, and then we can deal with the other... Uh, oh, a bit of homework for sure. You. Thank okay. you. Is Thank you right? for orchestrating the show. Well, that's so lovely. Quite all right. It's that's, almost music to my ears. I am the shoe chef, and I do my job. <laughs> shoe I, I, chef. I'm the shoe <laughs> chef, and I've had a few this morning. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, nine eleven. The time. We'll be back to talk to Jerry in just a moment. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You pick the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. You're well, singing along. I there. was. I was singing along and I was waving, and doing those almost Hawaiian dance type kind yeah, of things. Because I'm getting, I'm getting primed energy. for some exercising this morning, and you know why. Okay, mm. let's get to that phone call. I, I'm dying to know number one. Uh, Jerry, are you calling from Lafroy in uh, New York State? No, Lafroy, Ontario. Lafroy, Ontario. Well, that's okay. That's wonderful. I enjoy your show. I enjoy you. Well, thank you. Are you a first time caller? Yes, I am. <laughs> Whoops. You got the Cover ring. Cover your ears. <laughs> Yes, I do. Welcome, okay. Jerry. <laughs> I'm having a trouble with my poinsettia. Poinsettia. Got it. It yeah. seems to be uh, drying up, and I did everything I could. I got heat on it, and a little bit of sun, warmth. Uh, okay. What kind of heat when you say heat? Uh, gas heat. Well, it's in the house, with, yes, in and the you, house, have, yeah. you have a gas furnace. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, okay, so this is a plant you got before Christmas, yes, and now it's dropping some of its leaves, the red-colored leaves particularly, and uh, even some of the green ones, I imagine. Is it, is it normal for the leaves to drop off now? Um, no, they, they shouldn't. What the, the trick is, you're absolutely right, keep it in that sunny location. And I, and I put the miracle growth on it, too. Okay, once, but no more. No more. No yeah. more. And uh, keep it in that sunny location. 
be careful of drafts. Poinsettias hate the cold. Okay. So they don't want to be too close to a window, and they don't want to be near a front door or anything that's going to you know, blast okay. cold air by them. Okay. They also don't want to be in a hot air draft, so you want to make sure they're not sitting okay, on top. they're not going to get away from the, the, the furnace. Hey? Okay, all right. Well, but you know how we have, do you have ducts in your house that blow? Oh, no, it's like a fireplace. Oh, okay. Yeah, so keep it a little further away from the fireplace. Okay, five feet away now. Okay, can you go a little further away? Okay, I'll do that then. Okay. It might be partially, um, gas fireplaces do have, uh, they burn and have some excess ethylene, and ethylene can oh, okay. speed up the, the death of plants. Okay, I'll so, do that then. Okay. Yeah, just a little further away from the fireplace would be good, but bright light, and only water when it's dry. Feel the soil. Yes, I do, I'm doing it now, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, <clears throat> it's it's moist now. Yeah, so don't water when it's moist, and, okay, and no. just a little bit of water when it's dry, and that might be every week or so, might be every four or five days. Uh, and come spring, I would get it outdoors. You okay. can take it right out into a shady spot in your garden, and you'll find it'll grow lovely all summer, and bring it in in the fall. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really thanks appreciate for, your show. Thanks hey, for thanks, your call. thanks for calling, Jerry. More than welcome. Thank you. All righty. Bye-bye now. The Garden Show on the air here at AM 740 with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, now, do you want to deal with your homework here, your homework question? Yes. May I? Um... I've consulted the handbook. Yes. <laughs> yes, you may. I tell you. For a sous chef, he's pretty bossy. Hmm. Last week, we had a call from Clifford in Welland, yes. and he was asking about fiddleheads and where right. to get them. Remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So I went to a wonderful website. Uh, it's actually part of Health Canada. And what it says is that two things. Because remember I said I wasn't positive what fern it was that fiddleheads are? All right. Here's the scoop. I was right. Fiddleheads are the curled. Okay, you can write. I was right. And you I was right. Yep, just put that on that list. You know, <laughs> fiddleheads are the curled edible shoots of the ostrich fern. Right? Ostrich ferns are native. They grow in the woods. We grow them in our gardens. Now, you, they are often collected along the banks of rivers and streams and sold as a seasonal vegetable at farmers markets, roadside stands, and in some grocery stores. Uh, but the trick with fiddleheads is there have been cases of temporary illness in Canada and the United States associated with eating raw or undercooked fiddleheads. Hmm. Nobody really knows what the cause of the illness is. So here's what you do. You never, never, never eat a fiddlehead raw. Uh, and when you are cooking it, before cooking it, remove as much of the brown husk as possible. Then wash it several times, changing the water in between washings. Then boil the fiddleheads for Uh 15 minutes or steam them for 10 to 12. They're not kidding. Yeah. And even if you plan on sautéing them or putting them in a stir-fry, boil or steam in advance and then add them into your stir-fry at the end. Uh, So this is all very important stuff. So the... um, and they don't recommend freezing them. That's not a good idea. You know, eat them fresh, okay. enjoy them fresh. So, but they'll just tell you the symptoms of the illness begin within half an hour to 12 hours after eating raw or undercooked fiddleheads. It might include diarrhea, nausea, vomiting, abdominal cramps, and headaches. It generally, the illness only lasts less than 24 hours, but, you know, you're pretty sick when it happens. So just be aware of that. And absolutely, yes, you want to grow your own fiddleheads, get a hold of some ostrich ferns, Plant them in that nice, shady, moist corner in your garden. Realize they're going to grow up to three feet tall, so make sure there's space for them to grow. 
Wow. Hey, that's really interesting. Because Di, my wife, uh, mm. was out in PEI many, many years ago, starring in Anna Green Gables. I remember the story, Johnny yes. Belinda. Mm. Well, she fell in love with fiddleheads. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal out there. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were indigenous to PEI, but apparently they're all over the place, right? Well, they're native to North America. Yeah. So, yeah, you'll find them all over the place. It's They just need those optimal mm-hmm. conditions. Like I said, stream sides, riverbanks, shady nooks in, in uh, forests. Very good. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. And I was paying attention all the way through, Aww. even though I knew that Terry Kennedy is on the line with us uh, to uh, give us a little shout out about uh, orchids. Uh, yes. I do believe. Yep. So let's uh, let's go to the line there and see what's going on. Hi, Terry. Hi. Morning. Good morning. Yes. Go ahead. Uh, well, um, I'm with the Southern Ontario Orchid Society and member of the show committee, and we have a big show coming up in February that we'd like everybody to come to. Excellent. When is it? It's February 16th and 17th, mm-hmm. and it's at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. Mm-hmm. And uh, if people are interested, they can go to the website and print off a coupon to give them $2 off on the entry to the show. Well, Excellent. What's the website? Good. The website is uh, S-O-O-S. Dot .ca. .ca. So, Real easy. Yeah, so the SOOS stands for Southern Ontario Orchid Society. Yes. Excellent. Now, I remember when this show is on, there's a couple of great things that happen. One is all kinds of orchid lovers are all in one building at the same time. That's for and sure. Anybody who wants to know anything about orchids can go there and pick the brains of all these orchid lovers. Oh, it's full of uh, orchid experts. Yep, that's what I thought. Some of us have been growing. There's people there that have been growing for more than half a century. Wow. There's a lot of knowledge. That That can't be you, because you sound like you're about 22, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. Uh, Well, actually, I have been growing for almost 40. Wow. Since you were born. Since you were born. Young child. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) So, um, and also there's some amazing orchids on display and for sale. For sale. And there's actually uh, uh, informative talks Mm -hmm. about growing them and Mm -hmm. telling people how to grow them. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's also artwork involved and crafts that involved orchids. And Mm. there's uh, all kinds of things to, to learn about and to learn about the, actually, the orchids that actually grow in Canada. Great. Yeah, exactly. Some of the wild ones in the in the woods, you mean. Mm-hmm. The native ones. Well, and, and the other thing is, at the end of the show, or I guess during the show, there is sales of little seedling orchids and all kinds of sizes of different orchids, right? There's uh, everything you could think of. And the thing is that people think of orchids as only the ones you see in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Well, what you see there will just blow your mind. I believe it. We're cause... looking at, you know, thousands of plants and hundreds, uh, tens of thousands of flowers. Wow. Ooh, feast for the senses in the middle of February. <laughs> I tell you. So, Toronto. Oh, wonderful. You know, you come in from the cold and yeah. you're right in the tropics. That's oh, that's right. wonderful. And so, time, uh, February 16th, 17th is probably a Saturday, Sunday, right? It's a Saturday, Sunday, and it's open to the public yep. from 11 to 5 each day. Okay. 11 and to 5. On Sunday from 9 to 11 is a special time for photographers. Excellent. So if you want to take, do some pictures, it's, if that's the time to come and, and do some pictures. That's wonderful. Hey, good. Just one thing I have to clarify here, Terry. Are you a first-time caller? Actually, as a matter of fact, I am. Got the bell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I get wings. Yeah, that's, that's right. Clarence, you yeah, remember that movie, too. Movies. You, <laughs> you right. get your wings to go with your orchids. It sounds like a good match. <laughs> hey, thanks for the call. And uh, thanks, we're always Terry. pleased to give uh, shows like this a plug. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Good luck with the show. 
Thank you. Right. I, I guess she's she's flew away. Yeah, that's what happens when you right give away. people wings. <laughs> Coming up to nine twenty-three, uh, here at Charlie Dobbins Garden Show with Frank Proctor as playing the role of sous chef. You see, mm-hmm. and. Do you know what? No, what? I am exercising. You are. I am exercising, yes. And I'm going to stand for this one. I'm and why do, are you exercising, I'm, Frank? I'm going to do a lot of um, what do you call it? resistance training. <laughs> I'm going to he brought a, an elastic band with him. <laughs> I'm, I'm pushing. The, oh, my God. I'm almost pushing them over. Yeah, yeah. Watch yeah, that speaker. Don't I'm hurt so your head. Strong. All right. The reason Frank <laughs> is up and bouncing around in the studio <laughs> is because... Boomers who want freedom to maintain their favorite activities, like Frank is currently doing, and become Zoomers, and become Zoomers, can do that with reduced aches and stiffness by using a product called Sierra Sil. It's a completely natural mineral supplement taken daily, can really relieve any aches and stiffness in your joints. Frank and I can both attest to that, and you can try it. If it doesn't work for you, you've got 14 days, and if it doesn't work, guaranteed money back. Give them a call at one eight seven seven joint 14 or check the website, www.sierrasil.ca, or pick up Sierra Sil at many of the health food stores, including the Health Planet stores. There's five locations, North York, Pickering, Markham, Mississauga, and Scarborough. And... That's spelled S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Oh, by the way, a couple of lines open here. 416-360-0740 for Toronto callers. And anywhere else in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. Back in a moment with Charlie. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And I'm sous chef Frank Proctor, along with Charlie Dobbin, our master gardener. And here it is on this uh, 26th day of January. This is the last uh, Saturday in uh, January. January. I know. And you notice how the days are getting a lot longer. Oh, yes. Brighter. And you know who knows that more than anybody else? My cat Dickens. I was going to say the cat's really he used fun. To, yeah, he, he he's actually kind of ticked off because it's getting lighter later lately, mm. <laughs> as it were. And and he used to come like as soon as the it get, started to get dark, he goes to the fridge and waits for his little yeah. treat. <laughs> now it's much and he's figuring what's going wrong or something wrong. I'm I'm really you know hungry and. The light says no, not yet. Well, and it is funny too. My cat does the same thing. You yeah. know, it's at five o'clock. I'm yep. at my computer. He comes up beside me on my desk. He starts tapping on my shoulder. <laughs> yeah. You know, because he expects to eat at yeah. five. Well, sure. And and he never quite figured out the daylight saving thing. See, it, well, he was exactly. eating at six. Yeah. And then he just couldn't deal with waiting till six. He has he's been eating at five all winter. Happened to me. On but, but the banging yeah. on the shoulder just makes me laugh. You know, he starts <laughs> yeah. tapping. Come on. Yeah. Like what's wrong? Yeah. What's the priority here? Well, okay. I think we have uh, Frank online from uh, Caledon. And uh, let me check that for sure. Hello, Frank. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. All righty. Away you go, sir. Oh, good morning. Morning. Good morning, Charlie. Uh, I, I have a question. I have like an orange tree, a small orange tree, and a lemon. Mm-hmm. And they're doing fine outside in the summer. Uh, I got them in a pot. Mm-hmm. And when I bring them in in the winter, I'm fighting like crazy to keep the scales and the, and the mm-hmm. little spiders off. Mm-hmm. And they, they're always winning. So hmm. I was wondering if you have a suggestion. Okay, so these are these trees are in separate pots, am I they right? They are in separate pots. They're about probably four feet high. Okay. And how big are the pots? Uh, the pot, uh, the, uh, oh, the uh, lemon is probably about 
24 inches. Oh, wow. It's a uh, nice pot. Yeah. And the, uh, the, the uh, orange is probably about uh, 16 inches. Okay. So that's good. That's a good size pot. I was just going to say, you do want to make sure they've got adequate room for healthy roots and, right. you know, that they're happy that way. I think probably, if, assuming that you've got them in lots of sun, because they need a, the sunniest possible location in your house. Well, uh, my problem is not the, is the, actually the, the scales on them and mm-hmm. the mites are actually eating up at the, at the limbs. Right. And they're leaving that gooey, yeah, sticky yeah. on the leaves. No, I understand that. But I was just going to say, the insects that you've got causing the problem uh, often become worse if the plant is under stress anyway. I got you. So that's why I was just going to say, make sure you're providing optimal conditions for the plants. So uh-huh. that's lots of sun, you know, warm temperatures, think tropics. The one thing that's the hardest to give and is the most important to give is humidity. Okay. These plants want to be in sort of minimum 50% humidity, but of course our houses would be dripping if we had the humidity exactly, set yeah. that high. Yes. So you've got to think of ways to um, maximize and increase the humidity around the plants, and that way, again, you're going to see fewer problems with insects. Hmm. I would set up pebble trays, which is just basically like a big cookie sheet or any kind of a, a boot uh, tray kind of an idea on the ground, uh-huh. some gravel in the tray, water in the tray at all times, and the pots are sitting on top of the gravel. Mm-hmm. So you've always got water evaporating around those plants. Okay. So that's number one. Good, that, that will help. Of course, misting or spritzing a couple times a day, again, good for the plants. Uh-huh. Now, to uh, try and lower the problem with the insects. Now, scale is a very slow-moving insect. In its entire life, it might go about, you know, six inches. Right. So, and they don't fly. They don't have wings. But they can wreak absolute havoc on plants. Um, and, of course, the little spider mites, same thing. They have no wings, but they can... Uh, Again, both of them are sucking insects, so they leave behind little holes and move on to a new spot, and that's why your juices and nectar starts dripping out and everything gets sticky and the floor gets sticky and it's all a mess. Right. My favorite thing to use in a situation like that, you've got sort of two options. A soap solution, because soap will annihilate both those insects, assuming you can spray the insect and the plants thoroughly uh, and coat the bodies of the insects, and that will actually kill them. You're going to have to spray more than once, though, because there's always eggs that are hatching. Um, if you are going to use a soap solution, or my other recommendation is a product called End All. And End All is an oil, canola oil-based product. You say N-O? Yeah, E-N-D. Oh, E-N-D. D. End All. A-L-L. Uh-huh. And that's it's, an oil. It's a, well, it's oil and pyrethrums. Again, it's really the oil that's going to do a, the best job for you. And again, it's that coating the insect. Because remember, insects breathe out of their bodies. So if we coat their little bodies with soap or oil, they can't breathe. I and see. that's what kills them. And because uh, and there's no spray out there that's going to kill them. It's all a mechanical death, and that's where right. the soap or the oil is really helpful. But you have to spray really thoroughly. You have to spray more than once, and you do not spray at high noon when the sun is pouring in, and these plants are in, in full sun. Better right, to spray right. early the, or late in the day. I'm, I was spraying with some in, insecticidal soap. Yep. <clears throat> Would the, uh, do you know if, uh, if it gets frozen, uh, the, the soap itself, through one year, is it still good or is it actually bad? No, it should be fine. It would be fine. That's what I thought. But it didn't do anything. That's the, 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 what I couldn't understand. Because I, I sprayed it before I, I took them in, mm-hmm. and they were fine for about two months. Mm-hmm. And all, uh, all of a sudden, yep. now about a, know, a few weeks now, yep. I 
can't keep up. It happens to all of us. We had a call last week. It's been happening to me on my hibiscus. Like where they do yeah. great all fall, and then we just get into those dark days of winter, and that it's been so cold out. Of course, our furnaces are blowing hot, dry air all over our houses, and it's very hard on the tropical so plants. That's the biggest thing: the, the humidity. Humidity, humidity, and you will. If you can keep your humidity up, you won't even see a spider mite. They oh, yeah. love the dry. <clears throat> I've got to try that. Okay, good luck. Let <laughs> us know how that works. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, Thanks for your call. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye-bye now. You're listening to AM740. It's The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And, gee, we have a number of calls zipping in here. Enos from Scarborough on the line ready to talk to you. I hope. Anyway, hello, Enos. Hello. <laughs> Morning. Hi there. Yeah, I have a question about orchids. They sell orchids like in a deep pot, and then inside is that smaller pot that the plant is in. Right. Does it have to be transplanted from there? No. Usually, whatever pot you buy your orchid in, you're good for uh, But it's two. very small. Orchids don't, aren't like regular plants. They don't have that big root system that requires a lot of soil and, yeah. and uses the, the moisture in the soil to get, obviously, water and nutrients. Orchids are able to absorb moisture from the air with yeah. those aerial roots. So you'll see roots on the surface, never panic. It's just that's, mm-hmm. that's where they're supposed but to be. I guess you have to sort of keep checking it because it has no drainage on the bottom. Oh, well, that little inner pot, like if you pull this that in, has, yeah. yeah, it should have drainage. Yeah, so, and that's sufficient. Well, you know, you know, it's one of the best ways to water an orchid. And it's so cute. My brother, my brother is knows nothing about plants, but he has really good common sense. Like he's just really practical. Mm-hmm. And he has a very healthy orchid in his house. So I saw it last weekend and I said, tell me, how are you caring for this extremely healthy looking orchid? So he explained to me that that little inner, he takes that little inner pot out of the outer pot. Focus it. And exactly, and he's, he gets a, well, I, he said well, he, I he immerses it under water with yeah. a little bit of orchid food. Yeah. So I said, well, like, where, where's your pot that you, or where do you do that? Because he lives in a house that's, you know, the size of a dollhouse. It's so tiny. Mm-hmm. And he, so he pulls out, he opens a drawer and he pulls out a Ziploc bag. And he goes, I fill the Ziploc bag with, it was so smart, eh? Ziploc bag with water and a little bit of, of food. Oh, and yeah. I immerse the orchid in. I let it sit there for five minutes. Then I pull it out of the bag and I let it drain for another 10 minutes or so. And then I put it back into that beautiful over pot and it just yeah, sits yeah. there. Well, how about that? Yeah, and it looks great. His orchid looks really good. Yeah. It's got flowers coming on and it's just like and happy and green. I, I have been growing orchids for years. Mm-hmm. And in one year, I had 45 blooms. Wow. Oh, like yeah, no kidding. And uh, I transplanted them many times already. And that very last time, that's the first time that I did cut some of the roots off. <laughs> like the, I always clean it up. Yes. The dry stuff. And that's the right. Anything that's brown or yeah, yellow. And on, on the back, it said to even the air roots, you know, to <laughs> trim those. And, you know, it, it, it doesn't work. No. No. It's hard to transplant, and I would never trim healthy-looking roots on an orchid. Yeah. Well, that's what I was leery about, yeah. but yeah. I did. I, yeah. I tried it, yeah. and uh, they have not been doing well after that. Right, so they're going to take a little while to... And any, like, transplanting any plant is a shock to the plant. Yeah. But I think Do that you... Do you almost have to wash the roots off? No, not necessarily. I think, again, that can be a bit stressful on the plant, right? Yeah. But, but you know, I, can, I think it depends what it, it was in, the pot it was in, and the media it was in, and what you're moving it to. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they're growing in, like, styrofoam chunks or something, and that I, I would wash off. Anything. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, but you want them in, in good, proper orchid bark is yeah, what well, you want. Yeah, well, that's what I bought. And yeah. the bag it said to cut the roots shorter, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah I, would, I wouldn't cut green, healthy, happy roots. Yeah. Uh, well, any... I tried it once and never yeah. again. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, we learn, right? <laughs> and you, um, Enos, you were listening earlier when Terry called about the upcoming yes. uh, orchid um, yeah, I've always gone event. Okay, good. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I have to phone you back. I have another question. Okay. okay. <laughs> hey, good, good for, for you. you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, yeah. Bye. Call early, call often. One question per call, and by golly, Enos you, is probably going to be You should be, be giving her wings, even though it's yeah, a, a first-time You know what? Call you it. eat the wings. Yeah, I think that's that was, Yeah, that, that was, was so good. Golden, yep. Okay, Ron in Etobicoke, <laughs> you are on the air. Good morning. 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 Uh, I have some uh, trop, uh, tropical what, what, bird of paradise. Oh, yeah. I uh, planted them from seed. Oh, wow, yeah. And they've grown quite wild for about four years, but I've never had a flower on them. Right, but have you got lots and lots of sun? Yeah, it's pretty good. They yeah. are they are a bit of a tricky plant to get flowering, mm-hmm. and they also do need to reach a certain maturity. Yeah, uh, I heard about four years, and I've had them about four years now. Okay, well, don't be impatient. It's just four <laughs> years. <laughs> See how she she gets snippy. Do you, you have gotta to watch fertilize them a lot, or <laughs> no? Never fertilize anything a lot. No. Uh, only fertilize during the, the plant's growing season. You know, active growing season. Mm-hmm. Typically, a bird of paradise here in uh, in our home homes would be slowing would slow down over the winter. Mm-hmm. Definitely fertilize from March through to September consistently. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing to do for sure. But otherwise, I would not uh, expect a lot out of it in the winter time. You will find that a plant like that prefers to be kind of ignored in the winter, oh, l- yeah. allow it to dry thoroughly between waterings. But again, keeping it in lots of sun, and it, even if it's a little bit of a cooler spot in the winter, and uh, but right in a sunny window, a southern window, mm-hmm. is the best way to sort of keep it as happy as you possibly can. Yeah, I've put it outside in the summertime. And Great. I- Brought it in and out. Like, you know, one time I even put them in the garden and the roots got so big on them, they couldn't get them back in the pot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so you know, that it's good for you for growing it all the way up from, from seed. So keep doing what you're doing, but uh, keep that humidity up as well. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about tropical plants and humidity. So a pebble tray below or misting a couple of times a day, oh, okay. uh, very important. And obviously avoid hot Drafts and cold drafts. Keep it in a te- you know temper temperate temperature. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm a first time caller. Hey. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. All right. Fly away. Thanks, Thanks Ron. Ron. Made my day, Ron. Bye. Frank. Well, I. It's a good thing you've got something to do now. Well, I know. This is I really know. good. This is my quest in life now to get new. You know, first-time callers first, on here. And, and they're all just happy. Happy exactly. to get the bell rung. And, and you aren't sleeping between, you know, well, well, between calls. Yes, as I used to do. Exactly. Off. You know me. I do yeah. know. Well, the Toronto Line for the Garden Show, 416-360-0740. And then if you're in any other part of the province, toll-free, no cost whatsoever, 1-866-740-4740. And we uh, go on to, oh, Hespler. That's up near the Kitchener-Waterloo area. Around Cambridge. Yeah, that's right. Kathy's on the line. Good morning, Kathy. Oh, good morning. How are you guys? Great. Excellent. Good. And uh, I, I too, am a first-time caller. Holy cow. Ringing the bell. That's great. We're just coming out of the woodwork this morning. I know. (laughs) Somebody's, people are liking that bell. (laughs) Um, Yes, I just woke up to you guys. I have the station set on my wake-up radio, and Mm -hmm. um, 
And I, is it Charlie I'm speaking Yes, with? that's yes. right. Yeah. Hi, well, good to meet you. Yeah, and you too. Thanks for calling. <laughs> I, my question is about my Euonymus. Mm-hmm. It has, it's under our uh, living room window, window mm-hmm. outside, and it's um, infested, I noticed in the fall, with some kind of white mm-hmm. uh, spreading, mm-hmm. very tiny, tiny little... Um, White little dots. Okay, those little white something. dots actually are the poop coming off that the insect is leaving behind. The insect's oh, actually right? bigger than those little white dots. But you Fraz, do, I believe fras, it's called. Fraz, yes. fras. What's it called? F-R-A-S-S is the name of insect poop, <laughs> not the insect. I love that word. F-R-A-S-S, is that right? That's, eh? yeah. Anyway, oh. the insect you've got is called scale. Okay. And we actually just had a call from uh, I, Frank. To, I was listening, yeah. and I, I caught the tail end of yeah. it. I was wondering if it was was the same thing. It is the same. It's a different scale because okay. scale are very specific. This is an insect that, like, as I mentioned, doesn't travel very far in its entire lifetime, but they're very specific. They, the species, the species specific in terms of the variety of plant they okay. um, live That's on. They like. Okay. So Euonymus has its very own Euonymus scale, oh, and this past summer, w- the infestations were all over the place. I, oh, I could not I believe the yeah. number of Euonymus I saw that were infested with with scale. Do you have the Emerald Gaiety variety? That's the green and white variegated? I, I think it's a, it, it is green and white, yeah. but it's also like, um, like a, it's more ye- uh, green, green and, and yellow. yellow. Okay. Yeah. Is that? The emerald one? No, well, like, emerald gaiety is the green and white one, but it's kind of a creamy white, and then there's a whole bunch of yellow, yeah, green the, and yellows. Yeah, um, yeah. The the trick, okay, so it depends how old Euonymus is, and it depends how badly infested it is. Well, it just got it uh-huh. in the fall, I noticed, uh, when we were putting our Christmas lights on it. Uh-huh. And um, it's a, like sort of like maybe a, a six-inch or almost... A, like a, a six-inch spot all around diameter, oh, okay. I think. Uh, now, it might be bigger now because I haven't really looked at it, but does it spread in the cold? No, the insects uh, actually go completely dormant for okay. the winter and will reemerge in the spring. Okay. And the best time to kill them is when the eggs are hatching. Because when the little eggs hatch and the little insect emerges from the egg, it hasn't had a chance yet to build its little protective shell. Okay. And that's why it's called scale. Because when you, if you look and you look on the bark, you'll see this very commonly. And it's a bit hard to see because the bark is gray on the euonymus and the insect is gray. But its little shell, it, it, it blends in quite nicely. It camouflages in. But there are little bumps all along the stem. And those bumps are under the bump is the insect. And of course, oh, it, it is causing okay. all kinds of problems. Okay. In your, in your case, um, the same product that I mentioned to uh, Frank was the End All yes, a product, which has canola oil in it. Okay. Uh, the other thing is dormant spray. Dormant. <clears throat> Spray. Dormant okay. spray is available in all the uh, garden centers in the spring, okay. and it's to be used on dormant plants. Oh, and okay. the trick, though, of course, that euonymus is never really truly no. dormant. No, and uh, I noticed that. I'm just. I'm actually going to just double check here because uh, the whether you're even allowed to use. I think I'm pretty sure you can, as long as euonymus can be treated with dormant spray as long as they, it's treated uh, at the right time of year, early enough in the season. Okay. So um, I'm just double-checking here because I just happen to have a computer in front of me. Um, yeah, see, happened? there's the pictures here. There's oh, that frass. Yeah. See? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I see the frass. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. So the life history of the insect, of course, 
fully grown in the winter. In the spring, eggs are laid in early spring and hatch over a two to three week period in early June. Mm -hmm. So that's when you want to be spraying. So you want to plan for that. Unless we have a very early spring like we did last year, then everything will be a couple of weeks ahead. So the first, sorry, go ahead. Should I do it before early June? Uh, no, you, there's no advantage to doing it before early June unless okay. the insect is hatching early. Okay. 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 Control of euonymus okay. scale can be achieved by applying a registered pesticide. Well, of course, we don't have any registered pesticides to the yeah. crawlers. There, right. it, like Bug Be Gone, uh, it, which is a pyrethrin-based insecticide, okay. it, uh, if you write that down as well, I, I am. believe okay. you'll find on the, the package it will say it can control scale as long as you're spraying at the right time. Again, it's got to be those newly hatched crawlers. Okay. Okay. Now, just say, Charlie, that I'm not able to save it. Um, uh, Now, and we have to cut it down. It's quite large, actually. I hate to lose it. It's Mm -hmm. quite old, too. But Mm -hmm. um, if it has to go, um, the reason I say that is the one at my workplace, I do the gardening there. Mm -hmm. I'm the bookkeeper, but I do some (laughs) gardening, too. And uh, out in front of the, the our shop, the we had a euonymus that got the same thing. Uh-huh. Now I'm wondering, is it possible that m- my gardening tools transferred over to my gardening to my the, the plant at home? Mm, possible, not highly likely, but okay. definitely possible. And that's why we really do recommend it's that water and bleach, mm-hmm. uh, wiping of pruners uh, oh, whenever okay. you're, uh, even trowels, et cetera, particularly if you're using your tools to work in more than one area. Okay. You know, okay. even in your gloves, uh, who knows, boots, you know, right. off your feet, because okay. <clears throat> there is no question, we, it, 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 some of these things can transfer. Okay. And then the other thing was, if we do lose it mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I plant another one, mm-hmm. um, Will, like, will it be on the, um, our, uh, what do you In the it? soil, I mean, or it, uh, evident? Um, the, gar- the Christmas lights, if we put uh, them on another plant, uh-huh. could it transfer over from no. the Christmas lights? No, it's a very specific insect that will only attack you, other euonymus. So, assuming you don't have your lights going on another euonymus, you're fine. Oh, okay. So, okay. we could put them on our sure. blue spruce and no problem. it would be okay. Yep, no problem. Okay. That's okay. great, Kathy. We have to kind of push along here. Thank but you for your call. I want, I want to let you know that you you are well actually well known, uh, Kathy from Hessler, <laughs> because you're you're the accountant. I heard about you. You're the accountant that keeps hearing strange invoices. And <laughs> is that a, well? Anyway, thank thank you so much for joining the show, Kathy. Are you a first time caller by any chance? I am. I well, had a feeling. There you are. You get the first time ring-a-ring. Okay, that makes five today. Sure, my my Lord. goodness. That's great. Thanks Have a great day, Kathy. Talking to me. Okay. okay. Bye-bye now. now. Uh, 9.45 our time. We're running a little bit late here, so we got to take uh, a wee bit of a break, right? And I'm going to start doing some knee bends. Yeah, here he goes. Here he goes. I'm hanging onto the table. Oh, you better. I my pins right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> here he goes. One. Those pins are working. Why is Frank Two. doing this? Frank wants to maintain activities that he enjoys with reduced aches and stiffness. So he takes Sierracil daily, a natural mineral supplement, keeps him pain-free, no aches, no problems, and uh, he's smiling while he's doing his knee bends. There you go. You too. I'm grimacing. (laughs) (laughs) You too can be as active and wacky as Frank. Sierracil, 14 days, you should feel better. If you don't, full money back. 1-877-JOINT. 14 
or website sierrasill.ca or pick up Sierra Sill at your local health food store like Ambrosia Natural Foods on Yonge Street in Newmarket and Thornhill. 14, I did. <laughs> Good for you. 14, yep. you see what I mean? Good for you. <laughs> you devil, you. <laughs> Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. 9.48 on a beautiful morning here in Toronto, AM 740 is the Garden Show, and it's Charlie Dobbin, our Master Gardener, all set and ready to talk to Rosemary, who's calling in from Oshawa. Good morning, Rosemary. Good morning. Morning. Another first-time caller. Oh, just a minute, I'm, and I'm, I, I understand I've been ringing the bell way too loudly, so <laughs> there we go. Oh, that's... <laughs> a gentle little, little dingling and welcoming to uh, the show. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. So, what's going on, Rosemary? Okay, I have an orchid cactus. Mm-hmm. It's, I'd say, maybe eight years old, mm-hmm. and I transplanted it to, to a bigger pot. Mm-hmm. Maybe I shouldn't have. Um, it's not blooming, Okay. and I told it last fall, <laughs> if it doesn't bloom this year, it's gone. Uh, I, I know that feeling. <laughs> Tough love. <laughs> <laughs> I've been talking to it all winter. Um, okay, I'm just trying to double check here. So now, how when you transplanted it, you went from what pot size to what pot size? Like how? Well, I, I put it from, um, I'd say, a real small pot, maybe five inches, mm-hmm. and I put it into a great big one. Oh uh, well, there's one. Is that, that too big? No, it's but not. I used orchid um, material. Okay. I went and bought it all. All right. Uh, okay, so you know what? It's a, probably what's happened is, is that the orchid cactus went into shock. When it goes from a little, any plant goes from a little tiny pot to a really big pot, they are completely bamboozled by that process. Uh-oh. It's because it's so dramatic. Uh, so what we always recommend is that if, if it is time to pot the plant to a bigger plot, pot, never go more than two inch pot size at oh a time. Oh my goodness. So if you're in a little four inch or six inch pot, then you go up to an eight inch. Uh, you don't go jump from four to four to six up to a twelve inch kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's probably what's happened. It's just in a little bit of shock. So I wouldn't be overly concerned. The main thing is do you know do the important things to keep it happy and healthy. And of course, you're going to have it in lots of sun. Now, suppose, uh, uh, in the spring, or, um, blossom. Mm-hmm. Now, how about watering it? Well, you're going to only water it when it's dry because, of course, it is a succulent. It does not want to be kept wet. Okay. <clears throat> It and is. water from the bottom is the best? You uh-huh. can't lift it, so I'd have to do something. Yeah, I wouldn't want it from the bottom in this case because, of course, the roots are nowhere, <clears throat> excuse me, nowhere near the, the, they haven't gone near to filling the pot, right? Because it was, a little tiny root ball went into a big, big, huge pot. Yeah. So I would water from the top. I would water not a lot uh, when I do water, but, you know, what, uh, meaning you don't want to water so thoroughly that it all runs out the bottom. Or is the whole pot filled with orchid bark? Is that what you did? Yes, right. Oh, okay. And was it in soil when you had it in the smaller pot, or was it in no, bark? No, it was in this bark. Oh, okay. All right. So I would water from the top. I would also, um, you've got it in lots and lots of sun? Uh, yes, pretty well, yes. Okay. And coming up in next month, by more, you know, early March, start incorporating some fertilizer into your water. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. In March. Yep, in March. And you know, once a month, give it uh, some fertilizer water when you're watering uh, right through the spring and summer. And, of course, what you're trying to do is encourage some flower buds to be formed. Uh, okay, now, I have them, uh, them 
the fertilizer, mm-hmm. how much, there's a little weenie spoon that's in it. How much of that would you put in? Uh, it depends how big your watering can is, right? You, it's all based on, on, you know, usually those little weenie spoons are good for about a half a liter or a liter of water, but read the instructions. It'll tell you how much will mix up with that amount of fertilizer. Okay. And if you've got more fertilizer water than you need, do you have any other plants? Oh, no. Just the one? I can use it for the outside, though. There you go. Yep, yep. I, any, always, I always sit my water on the counter. Right, good you know, idea. And don't water it way out of the tap because it's, uh, the chemicals is in it. That's right. And that's, yeah, exactly. Sitting it out, the chlorine and the fluoride, all that will evaporate off of the water, which is a good thing. You want that. And then mix up your fertilizer, water. And if you've got some leftover in the water and can't, just let it sit there till the next time you're going to water and oh, okay. use it till it's done. Give it a little stir before you go because the salt fertilizer will sink to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Good hey, stuff. thanks, Rosemary. Let us know Thank how that goes. Much. You're very welcome. Have a good day. Have Thank a great you. day, and thanks for listening to AM 740, The Garden Show, where we next welcome Georgette, who's calling in from Welland. Hi, Georgette. Hello. Morning. Thank you for taking my call. Our pleasure. Anyway, um, uh, my question is, um, given a beautiful amaryllis plant for Christmas, mm-hmm. and it's got four big, huge red blooms right now, but I want to know what I do with it once the blooms fall. Okay, so you've got it in a nice sunny window. Yes. And you water when it's dry. Yes. And you're going to continue to do that right through until the end of summer. Really? Yep. When the flowers finish, when those beautiful red petals all start to shrivel up and fall off, allow that to happen. Then get out your scissors and just take off the top of the flower stem Leave the flower stem. It's a you know big, tall, green, tubular. It's hollow. But let it stand there without the flowers, the flowers on top any longer until it starts to shrivel down. It'll turn yellow, and then you can just remove the flower stem. That'll take a month or so. In the meantime, lots of leaves are going to come out. You're going to keep that plant as a green house plant uh, right through, like I said, until the end of summer. It could be go out in the garden in the summer or you could keep it in the house, whichever works for you. And then at that point, you're going to force it to become dormant as we get into shorter days at the end of August. Stop watering, put it in a dark spot and let it go to sleep for a few weeks. Now, do I not cut it back to ground level or anything like that? Uh, well, no, you don't. Um, what you do is you let it go dormant, and then at that point, once it's gone dormant, all those green leaves will have shriveled up and turned yellow, and you'll just remove them at that point. And the big, long green stems, that, that's what's going to happen to them, too? Well, no, because the, you mean the flower stem, the stalk? Yeah. Well, the stalk will yellow down long before the leaves turn yellow. And the leaves, of course, will never turn yellow if you don't stop watering and put in the plant in the dark. But you don't want to just cut those green leaves off because there's a lot of energy in those leaves. And the plant will move the carbohydrates from the leaves into the bulb, which is what you want, if you allow that to happen naturally. Okay. Okay, makes Thank sense. You so much. I enjoy your show. Thanks Thank for your you, call. Georgette. Okay. Nice, nice of you to call. 9.54 our time. And uh, oh, now uh, on our little monitor here, our producer of the show, Dan Ellison, has uh, inked in Maxwell as the location where Jane is calling from. Uh, where is Maxwell, Jane? Where is Maxwell? Yeah. Uh, it's about 20 minutes south of Collingwood. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Charlie knew that. So I knew that. You shaking her head, looking at me like you dummy. Yeah. So, <laughs> welcome to the show. In any case, she probably does a lot more traveling than you. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> and 
anyways, I have a question about my orchid. Mm-hmm. My son gave me this orchid for Mother's Day a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. It flowered beautifully. Mm-hmm. I put it in another room, and it died down like it said. Cut it off, and another shoot come up. Mm-hmm. Now, it started to flower, mm-hmm. but then a couple of my flower, bulb, my flower petals fell off, and I only have two left on it. And the very top part of that stem where those flowers were are now starting to turn yellow and brown, mm-hmm. and they have like a sap coming out of it. Hmm. Huh. Well, sap coming out of it is a bit odd. Now, and you hadn't cut that end at all. No. So it's, just, so it's not just shriveling up and turning brown. It's actually sort of oozing, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, it's got like a sappy cut stuff coming out of it because it will, if you touch it, it is sticky. Hmm. And if you look closely, do you see any insects on that plant at all? No, I haven't seen nothing. Now, I'm wondering, too, um, the, the plant that my son bought me is in a pot, but it's got plastic in around the soil. Should that plastic be coming off? I would be inclined to take that off because that plastic is really just there for transportation. Oh, okay. So, And that also is limiting the plant's ability to get air to the roots, which is, of course, one of the things it wants. Right. So it could be that if you take that plastic off and you smell the bottom, the, the, the bark, et cetera, that the orchid is sitting in, it could be a little stagnant in there. There could be some, you know, just rot going on. Okay. So, yeah, I would take the plastic off. And, um, yeah, I mean, if the flower stem appears to be done, there's no more buds on it, there's nothing happening, you may want to just get a sharp pair of scissors and cut that stem off. Okay. Remove that. Open up the plastic, as we said, and yeah, take a look at the whole thing. If it smells swampy, if the whole thing smells a bit swampy, then you may want to take it right out of that pot, get some fresh bark, put it back into the same pot with fresh bark and get rid of that swampiness. That, like there could be some rotting going on. Right, and I also noticed, too, if I do that and I take the plastic off, I'm going to have to put it into a different pot then because it doesn't have a drainage in these pots. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, no. and that's even easier for rot to take place because, again, okay. moisture can sit in the bottom. So for sure, get yourself a... There are proper orchid pots out there. And, you know, honestly, if there's any possibility, you can come down to Toronto to attend the South, South Ontario Orchid Show on February 16th, 17th. There's going to be pots. That, like I said, there's going to be experts. There's going to be all kinds of great information for orchid lovers. And uh, where is that? It's in Toronto at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, which is Leslie and Lawrence. Oh, okay. On the weekend of February 16th and 17th. Oh, good so to know. So the Southern Ontario Orchid Society is hosting their big event. As, as uh, our caller told us, thousands of plants, tens wow. of thousands of flowers. Holy smoke. And very lots of walking there, it's like you're, you're transported to another world. It's very yeah. tropical. Yeah, and they, it's absolutely right. There's a lot of smart people there that can certainly help you. And if you want to get the right pot and all that sort of thing, mm-hmm. that's okay. the place to go. Um, now, one quick question about cutting that top part off. That's not going to affect those two plants, the two flowers that are still blooming? Well, that's, yeah, you don't want to cut it off with the, with the blooming going on. Okay. Like, you don't want to remove the blooms, but you could certainly, can you cut down to where the, blo- the buds are, the blooms are? Well, I can cut it off, uh, like, above that still. That's right, exactly. Above the, the buds. Okay. And that, and that might be what's going on, is that there's just some, some rot. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's good. Good that's stuff. Great. 
Thanks for your call. Okay, thank you. Thank you, and have a great day, Jane. Thank, thank you. you for joining us here on The Garden Show, which is just about to close up shop for yet another day. I've got an exciting day ahead of me. You know oh, that? do share. Okay. Uh, well, aside from doing uh, the show from uh, 12 noon through till... Uh, and this show that was quite four. exciting. Yeah. Oh, uh, absolutely. Mm. Wouldn't start a day without it. Uh, <laughs> or a Saturday. No, uh, one of our five granddaughters is celebrating a second birthday today, Aww. Ellie, Ellie Die, And that's my uh, younger son, Toby, and Katie's little girl. So uh, Di is in town with me today and we're going over uh, oh, in fact she's going to be over yeah. there this afternoon yeah. to yeah. get the party underway and I'll join in. Get the party started. Get the party started. All you right. betcha. So yeah. after you finish your shows here you're out yep. of here at 3 I believe? 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock. Four there o'clock. you go. Yep. You're off to party with the kids. You got the it game. kiddo. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well have a great day. Thank Sounds you like very a much. It's been a lot of fun and do you know what? We had six Six first-time callers. Wow. And you know what? I, th- I have a feeling that a couple of those that towards the end might have been first-time callers. We just didn't ask them. Well, make and sure you, you know that because I'm keeping track. You are. Good for <laughs> okay. you. Well, thanks so much, Frank. I always appreciate your Sue Sheffiness. And <laughs> thanks, Dan. You were great today. Thanks to all our wonderful callers, particularly the first-time ones. And we'll see you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.